Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I'm going to... It's our Vision Sunday. And I'm going to stand here to cast a vision of where it is that the Lord is taking us to. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I'm trying to just clear my, my airwaves. Alright, it says where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law, happy is he. Can you give me from the NLT? Can we read it together, want to go? So, um, vision is called divine guidance um, i like how the niv puts it it says that it says that where there is no vision the people cast off restraints the people throw off restraints right they cast off restraints what this means is that vision is a good restraint amen but now it's not even talking about Vision, like we know it, you know, a lot of corporate organizations will go into this text and get it and then begin to teach corporate stuff. It's actually talking about where there is no vision of redemption. Once you see the law there, then you know that the opposite of the law is always grace. So it says that where there is no vision, the people cast off restraints. What he's trying to say here is that the law is a good restraint. So the law is a good way of restraining yourself, or has a good way of restraining people who were under the law. But for you who are under grace, redemption is your vision. Alright? So where people, listen, where people lose sight of redemption, they cast off restraint. Meaning, you know how scripture talks about that um, if you sin willfully, there remained no other sacrifice for sin, all right? Except that some, some people will say what it means is that if you sin willfully, then you're finished. That's not what it's saying. It says if you sin willfully, there remained no other sacrifice for sin. That is, even if a person sins willfully, you cannot go and bring the sacrifice of a chicken. It says, there remained no other sacrifice for sin. That is, there is no other sacrifice for sin apart from the blood of Jesus. What that means is that if you um, find yourself in a situation, you're not going to go and bring the blood of a ram or a bull. 
He says you can't replace that sacrifice. It has to be the finished work of Jesus. Can we say amen? amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So when he talks about vision now, um, vision allows us to not remove the restraint. So vision is a good restraint. And it is vision of redemption. Vision of grace. Vision of the finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. So it's a good way of keeping you focused. Now, let me explain what the scripture is saying. Where there is no vision of redemption, people are going to think that God is too slow and they'll try other things. To cast off restraint means to say, you know what, I'm not waiting anymore. It's okay. It's like me taking off my tie. You know, let me give you an example. When a dog is on a leech, this might not be a good example, but I'll give you anyway. When a dog is on a leech, all right, that dog cannot wander away, right? Because it's, it's held by the leech. But if the dog takes itself off of the leech, then it can get missing. Now, what scripture is saying is that vision, the vision of redemption is a good restraint. So that you're not finding yourself down through the years trying different things. Some people say, well, God didn't work. So let me try Amadioha. That kind of thing. So it's a restraining thing. And then restraining you to walk a particular path. And guess what that path is? The path is the path of favor. Vision restrain, the vision of redemption restrains you to keep walking the path of favor. Because grace, you see here, he talks about the law, but grace is God's decision to be good to you even when you don't deserve it. That's the grace of God. So the vision of redemption will keep you walking in the path of grace. As against losing the vision of redemption and trying things out on your own. So on this Vision Sunday, I'm standing right in front of you to cast vision about where I believe the Lord is taking us in the year 2021. Can we say amen? Yeah, that's a good place to rejoice. That's a good place to shout. That's a good place to scream, glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. All right. So, are we ready? Hey, church, I heard only one voice. Are we ready? I want to hear everybody's voice. So. Are we ready? All right, so I decided to start from Proverbs 29, 18, because that's going to set the pace of our conversation this morning. Um, the episode title is Vision Sunday, okay? All right, so, so that you're not looking for what to say. Today I'm going to be sharing on the idea that changed the world. The idea that changed the world. And I believe, well, let me tell you, we have just come into a season of personal prosperity. There is an anointing on me this morning, this holy Sunday morning. And I'm going to try to focus. This is probably going to be one of the best services you've ever attended. 
Because there will be testimonies. For as many of you, listen, look at me, please. I don't know how many of you remember when I, when I did the episode, Catch the Wave. How many of you remember? Catch the Wave. There was something I said that I will never forget. I said that never miss an opportunity to believe. No matter how bad your life has been, don't miss an opportunity to believe. The day you choose to not believe might just be the day. That day that you choose not to believe might just be the day that makes a difference in your life. I dare say to you that every time you come under the influence of the word, it really doesn't matter how your week, month, year has been. Listen, if only the Lord told me this some few days ago. If only people wake up every day without memory. You see the reason why many of you are where you are, can't believe what you, what you should believe, and all of that, is because you have memory. If you woke up every day with memory loss, and treated every day like it's a fresh day, I bet you you'll make more progress. Why are you feeling the way you're feeling? Then, listen, there are many days, and, and somebody's pulling this out of me because this is not where I'm going. There are many days that you have lived, and the days that you have not lived are still in front of you. So what's happening? Look at this. If you are 25, you have 70 more years to go, maybe. Which one is longer? Hey, church, talk to me. Come on. I want you to talk to me. Preach with me this morning. Which one is longer? 70 or 25? So 70 is longer than 25. Meaning you have 70 more days. 70 more years to live. But guess the reason why you're doubting every day. You've lived 25. And in the 25 you were broke. So now, if somebody stands before you to say, it's a new season. You say, but I've been broke 25 years. You don't understand how God works. You don't understand how God works. Imagine, and the Lord told me this, imagine that you start every day like it's a fresh day and just have memory loss. Memory loss of all the mistakes you made yesterday. Memory loss. You know why? Because God has memory loss. The Bible says that he would throw all your sins into what we call the ocean of forgetfulness. God actually doesn't have a record of wrong. The only record that God keeps of you is the record of all the good that you've done. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Let me tell you the reason why. Let me tell you the reason why you wake up every morning feeling depressed, feeling frustrated, feeling sad. It's because of memory. In your memory, there are more painful things than there are joyful things. And then God's word is coming, trying to prepare you for for a new season. And guess what? You make you make the pastor look like a whiner. You know, like the whining locomotive machine. Now, oh yeah, oh yeah, let's whine. Let's whine. When we when you know come, let me tell you when people believe that the Spirit of God is in the service, when they are in the spirit. No. When you were in the spirit was when you started realizing he's flowing. But he's been there all the while. He's been there all the while. <laughs> right now, there are signals in this room. Everywhere in this room. Signals everywhere in this room. 
But if you don't get the right instrument, you think, ah, the moment I put a TV here and put antenna, ah, I got signals. No, signals have been there since. You just got the right instruments. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, what I'm trying to help you to understand is wake up every day, every morning. In fact, when you go to bed the last night before, wake up the next morning, forget that fuel price has increased. Because therein, listen, church, I'm telling you this. Therein lies the, the hope with which you're going to greet the new day. Many of you are greeting a new day with stale memory. You're greeting a new day with stale ideas. You're greeting a new day. It's a new day. It's a day you've never lived in before. Do you know the next one hour you've never lived in it before? Therein lies the car. But, but look at how you greet every day. What if today is like yesterday? What if, you know why? That, that's the reason why we can't get no joy from you, no peace from you, no laughter from you. In fact, when, when you, everything you do has to be fake. If you're laughing, it has to be plastic. <laughs> but they say, but we, they, he doesn't really know where the shoe is pinching. What if the shoe doesn't pinch? What if, I'm just asking you, what if you woke up this day David said, or whoever said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm not going to live in today like it was yesterday. Yesterday I failed. Yesterday I made a mistake. Yesterday things happened. But just imagine if you had fresh memory. <laughs> and how do you get that? Every day. You know, I beg you in God's name. Every day you hear a promise from God to you, just believe it. Be like a fool. You see this word that we're teaching now? If I take it into Sambisa Forest, and I meet a couple of fresh guys never being contaminated by Google. How many of you Google all the symptoms that you have? Look at me, look at me. Amen. It's just uh, headache for two weeks. Headache, consistent headache for two weeks. And trust Google. Google will help you. <laughs> Do you understand? Know say, say the possibility of when when things like this happen, possibility of this, possibility of that. You see, that's but when you go into the Sambisa, never met them before. They don't even know what Google is. They've never seen it before. They don't know. And you tell them, Do you believe that Jesus can heal you of back pain, of cancer? They say, Can Kanji, I, be, I believe. And I'm telling you something I've experienced. In no time, the back is straightened up. Why? He doesn't have memory. Let me tell you, the, the only things you should keep, memories of all the beautiful things that the Lord has done for you. For reference points. But you see those places where you failed. Those places where you cried. Those places where you were broke. Those places, and I'm talking here by the Spirit. This, is, this has nothing to do with anything I have to do today. You know what you should do? Let the Holy Ghost help you to erase those memories. When the guys were going to enter into the promised land, God had given his word. Alright? God had given his word. You know why the people would not believe what God had said? You know why? Because of memory. 
memory of all that they knew about themselves. So, ten of them said, never. Only two came back and said, what the Lord has said is true and it's going to happen. Can you say amen? Amen. So, I think that I've helped somebody there, amen? Amen. Has this helped you? Turn to your neighbor and say, memory loss, memory loss. No, say it again, say it again, say, wipe, wipe out, wipe out, memory. Do you understand? If it's, if it's defeat, if it's failure, if it's a place where you lacked, if it's a place where you were broken, do what? Wipe it out. Glory to God. Alright, so we are teaching this morning, our Vision Sunday, the idea that changed the world. The idea that changed the world. The gospel is not about the love of God. (laughs) What? Beauty. Ah. (laughs) Blasphemy. The gospel is not about the love of God. It's not. The gospel is about the unconditional love of God. Did I get your attention with that? It's not about the love of God. If you take out the word unconditional, you make the love of God transactional. The love of God is not a transaction. No, no, see, let me tell you what a transaction is. If you keep your part, I'll keep my part. No, that's not what the love of God is. The love of God is unconditional. Let's look at 1 John 4. 16 to 18, very quickly. The gospel is not about the love of God. It's about the unconditional love of God. The unconditional love of God. Look at what scripture says. It says, we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. He says there is no fear. Somebody shout there is no fear in love. Somebody shout it again. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts away all fear. Because fear has torment. And he that fears is not made perfect by love. Now the question I want to ask you. You see, does this look good? Is it beautiful? The question I want to ask you, alright, is this. What part did you play in order to get all of this to be done for you? Let me ask you another question. How woke were you? When all of this was being done. How many of you know the word work? How woke were you? When all of this was being done on your behalf? Let me ask you. You know, I'll give you Genesis 15. Where God was about to cut a deal with Abraham. So God called Abraham and said, come. Let's let's track a deal. And then God said, you know what? Go and bring all of the articles of this covenant. We want to to cut a deal. I want to cut a deal with you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So Abraham went and brought all of the stuff and laid it. And in Bible days, they would use like pigeons, they would use turtle doves, they would use, you know, Lord, Odere. You see, some of you are, are for me. You see, you see, Lami. Lami is one of those people that I used to go and hunt <laughs> inside the forest. <laughs> Lami, you look like a hunter. <laughs> no, you know, you know. I got you, brother. <laughs> All right? But you see, they'll bring that pigeon and they'll put it on the floor. And then the idea is that the pigeon will be cut into two. And put on the floor. Now, first of all, the pigeon is lifeless. The idea also is that the two parties, one will be on the other side and one will be on this side. And then the pigeon is right there. And then each party is supposed to cross over the pigeon. Now, the, I, the, sim, the symbolism is that when we cross over that pigeon, if any of us defaults in fulfilling the requirements of this um, contract. May we be as worthless as a dead pigeon. That's the idea. So God called Abraham in Genesis 15. Say, come, I want to cut a deal with you. Go and bring the pigeon and bring all the articles. And then Abraham puts all of those things on the floor. And so Abraham was standing and God was on the other side. And Abraham was expecting that they would cross over. Then guess what? God made him sleep. It's there in your Bible. God put, sleep, God put Abraham to sleep. And then by himself walked over the covenant. By himself. So two things has happened. Number one, you have no parts to play in this. Number two, if I fail... In this requirement, may I be as worthless as a dead pigeon. So now, let me tell you the reason why God is committed to Abraham. I can't be as worthless as a dead pigeon. And I am God. So I'll keep my part of the deal. And it really doesn't matter if Abraham keeps his part of the deal. You know why? I am God. It's unconditional love. Many of you actually think that you had a part to play. Some people think, oh, I had a part to play in the love of God. You know, I had a part to play. No, you had no part to play. It was all him, zero you. Now, God is committed to Abraham. Listen, you see, after that stuff, Abraham entered another city in Genesis 22 or so. And then lied. They asked him, is this your wife? He said, no, she's my sister. So the king, <laughs> I wonder how Sarah was looking at 80. 80. No, 90. Because Abraham was 100, Abi. Am I correct? Good. So she was 90 years old when they were making those trips. And a king, you know now, trust Solomon. A king looked at her and liked her. And said, I want her. 90. This covenant is good. Let me tell you, one of the things that this thing will do, if you cast your mind on it, it will keep you young. Keep your bones fresh. You don't understand what I'm saying. It will keep you young. Some of you are using anti-aging cream. 
I wish you would put, you see, remember what I said to you at the beginning of the year. Take this atonement. Some of you may have forgotten. Take this atonement. Ram it to your brain. I'm telling you, it will keep you. Some, let me tell you, some people, worry will make them age faster than normal. They worry, 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 worry. Before, you know, it, you are the, it's like you are the, you are the, you are the, you are the queen mother of all worry. Yes, sir. You have certificates. The warrior. <laughs> so every time we look at you, yeah, this place is like this. You're getting old. <laughs> Sometimes they say, stop, relax. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? All right? Now, this lady went into the king. Um, the king took her. The Bible says, first of all, Abraham lied. The Bible says that, oh, Pargas, Telegis, the Bahati, There's a prophecy I'm going to release out of this. Listen. The Bible says that God stopped the king from touching her. So when God now finally accosted the king and said, What have you done? The king looked at God and said, In the innocence of my mind, have I done what I have done? This guy told me that it is his sister. And the last time I checked, I can marry his sister. And God said, it is because I know that you are innocent. That's why I stayed your hand from touching her. Less evil comes to you. But in one of those cases, at that time, God, that period of that taking... God had shut all the womb of everything in, in the city. How far will God go to fight for you? You don't know yet. It has not become clear to you yet. On God's side. And so, it says, if you know what is good for you, return now immediately. <laughs> and then look at, tell Abraham, to pray for you that you may be healed. Lord God Almighty, how can you do this wickedness, Lord? Abraham should pray for me that I may be healed. You know why Abraham was in the right position to pray for that man, for him to be healed. Number one, he was not he was the contract was for him, but the contract was not by him. You didn't hear me. The contract was for Abraham. But the contract was not by him. It was not by his efforts. And then number two. The contract says defend the citizen. Irrespective of who is at fault. Oh, you didn't hear me. I'm preaching good today. Defend the citizen. Look, listen. Let me, let me tell you something. If Nigeria goes to war with the United States today. Today. First, every U.S. citizen, whether they live in Oshobo or Okoko or Ikeja or wherever, doesn't matter. The Constitution says defend every citizen. Ask questions later. Defend the citizen. So under this covenant, I'm telling you what the unconditional love of God has brought you into. Under this covenant, now Abraham is the just one. 
He should now perform like he never did anything wrong. And truth is, in God's sight, he never did. What part did he have to play in all of this? Just show up and then sleep. Out of this sleep came the covenant that God caught with Abraham. And it looks like God likes to put people to sleep. Because out of the sleep that Adam fell into, Eve came out. And the Bible says, just like Eve came out of the side of Adam, so the church came out of the side of Jesus. And how did we come out of the side of Jesus when we were asleep? Because we played no part in the redemption. And how... Are you going to step into all of the provisions of God when you are asleep? Listen, and I'm not saying asleep like you sleep from Monday to Friday. What I'm saying is that you will be at rest in your hearts. You'll be at rest in your spirits. Do you understand? Because scripture says, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit of God. You'll be at rest and let Him do the work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Listen, I told you all a few weeks ago, if God did this for Abraham, he worked. He did it for Adam, he worked. If he fails, he did it on Jesus' side, he worked. Ah. You must be a genius for it to start failing in your time. You must really, really be a genius. And let me tell you what I mean by a genius. Genius in the negative. You know a lot. You know, when God wanted to give Zechariah the baby, Right. The first thing that God did was shut his mouth. Shut up. Don't spoil it. Keep quiet. If you can't, if you, listen, if you can't talk in alignment with redemption, shut up. Keep quiet. And I decree over you in the name of Jesus. I prophesy over you in the name of Jesus. Let this be a season of newness and freshness. Things that you cannot take credit for. Provision that you cannot take credit for. Supply that you cannot take credit for. In the name of Jesus. So, it is about the unconditional, unconditional love of God. Unconditional love of God. You see, that word, unconditional, many will try to fathom until the age closes. The word unconditional, People are going to try to understand it until the close of the age. People are going to try to rationalize it until Jesus comes. Unconditional. That God will not treat you the way you deserve. Let me tell you something else. The faster you grab this idea of God's unconditional love, the quicker for you. You know why? Many people are trying to earn the love of God. It's unconditional. Can you shout, it's unconditional? Oh, can you say it again? It's unconditional. Alright. The cross, write this down please. The cross is often understood as a symbol. The cross is often understood as a symbol. Who can tell me what the cross symbolizes. Anybody who can tell me what the cross symbolizes? 
to you. Talk to me. What does the cross symbolize? Pastor April. Okay, so the cross symbolizes righteousness. All right? The cross symbolizes pain. The cross symbolizes the agony that Jesus went through. Do you understand? Whenever you see the cross, know that somebody took a position that was not his. Oh boy. (laughs) He took a position that was not his to take. So that you can take a position that hitherto was not yours. But because of his finished work has become yours. Can we say amen? amen? So the cross is often seen as a symbol But it is more than that. It is more than that. The cross is a vehicle. It's not just a symbol. It is a vehicle. Alright? The cross is beyond a symbol. The cross is a vehicle. It is the vehicle by which God gives his unconditional love to humanity. So, if you see the cross as just a symbol, you're not going to understand that beyond a symbol, it is also a vehicle. So, every time you see the cross, you're seeing, listen, whenever you see the cross, you're seeing that people who couldn't earn something have come into a place where by grace they have become All that they could not earn on their own. The Lord says to tell somebody listening to me this morning. I am enough. Stop crying. Stop worrying. I am enough. And it's over and it is done. And that thing for which you have cried. You are going to receive results this week. This week. Somebody called me two days ago. Because I had seen her status. She used to attend church here before, before she moved to Canada. I had seen her status and she was very depressed. So I sent her a message. I said, what's going on? And she wouldn't even want to share with me. So I left her alone. And then a couple of days later, I asked her, what, what's happening? And then she told me. She, she called me up. I was, in fact, I was so tired. I was about to sleep. You know, so I actually picked the call to tell her, I'm going to bed. We'll talk tomorrow. So, you know, when, when you tell people those kind of, like, it's like they don't hear. <laughs> so, the next thing, she just stayed talking. And, you know, she says, somebody from Nigeria, somebody she knew from school, had sent her a message saying, I need some favor. And it was a thousand two hundred and something dollars. And so, she gave... This person in the favor. Only for the Canadian authorities to flag it as fraud. So they, for whatever, I don't know what the guy did, I don't know. But they flagged it off as fraud and invited her to the police station. Long and, and long story cut short. Invited her to the police station and told her there and then she was under arrest. And that she should get a lawyer and blah, blah, blah. And then after explaining to me, she said, shouting, that, you know, why, why is God like, you know, and she was just saying some things. And, you know, we <laughs> have been, see, you can come and tell me to my face 
God is evil. I'll just be looking at you. So when she finished talking, you know, she explained all that had happened and all that she had, had, had been through and all of that. And then she was saying that this case is in, is in a pretrial stage. And the issue now is that the judge is being funny. She doesn't even want to listen. She doesn't want to hear. She doesn't want to, you know, and all of that. And that even the lawyer she got, the judge is not even taking his calls or returning her, his emails. So I said to her, I said, okay, you know what? Um, I'm praying with you today. Before the end of a new week, you're going to get a favorable position on this matter. And you'll be acquitted. That is, they'll say you didn't do any wrong. So we just prayed briefly. On Saturday or thereabout, or Friday, she called me, she said, Beauty, um, the judge that has not been taking the lawyer's calls for the past two weeks. And the lawyer had called her just before she called me to tell her, just get ready, we're going to try out. And if that trial starts, it's going to last minimum a year. She said, whilst the lawyer was preparing her mind to get ready for that long journey, she literally heard his phone beep. And it was the lady, the judge, who was reaching out to her, um, to him, to say, you know what, we can talk about this now. I mean, do you understand? Like, we are almost to the end. So she said, P.O.D., I want you to pray. I said, listen, the prayer that we did before. First, this, this person was not taking your calls. And she said, she said to me, P.O.D., this is already a miracle. I told her, I said, look, this thing is going to end in your favor. Now, what am I trying to say? All of this simply because, listen, all of this simply because God always looks over you always looks over you with his love. You may complain, you may, you may, I mean, it may be slow sometimes in your eyes. But God always, say this after me, God always looks over me with his love. So the vehicle through which God sends his unconditional love to us is the cross. The cross is the proof that God will treat you better than you deserve. And I said in one of our devotionals that God actually treats you just the way Jesus deserves. Can we say amen? amen. So this is how we come into this conversation of the cross being a vehicle for for transmitting the love of God to you. Somebody shout, the, the cross is a vehicle. Say it with me, the cross is a vehicle. That brings God's unconditional love to me. So let me ask you a question, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? The gospel is about the unconditional love of God. To who? Hey, church, talk to me. To who? Have you personalized it? To me. And not only to you, but to the whole world. Can we say amen? amen? Now, write this down. Jesus had a vision. Jesus had a vision of a world 
that will be influenced by his message of love and transformed by his unconditional love. Jesus had a vision of a world that will be influenced by his message and transformed by his unconditional love. Jesus came to execute the idea, the Savior's idea. Let me show you that in scripture. Jesus came to execute the Savior's idea. Let me tell you what it means. Savior means freedom from sin. Savior means the establishment of a righteous reign. Savior means that Jesus came to introduce the concept of beauty. Let's look at this scripture. Luke 2, 10 to 12. The book of Luke, chapter number 2, from verse 10 to 12. It says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Listen, if you can please look at the screen. Good tidings of great joy. How has that become bad tidings of great sorrow for many people? Let me, let me give you an idea. Whenever, listen, whenever a company is unveiling their brand, you better pay attention. How many of you have ever seen the unveiling of any brand on TV or you've ever attended the unveiling of any brand, you know, anywhere? Let me see your answer. Ever? Okay, great. Whenever a company is unveiling their brand, all right, you pay attention to what they say the brand is going to do. You pay attention to where, if it's a phone, if it's a car, whatever. You understand? You're paying attention. How many of you are tech people here? Let me see your hands. If you're a tech person, you like technology. Ah, uh, only one person. The rest of you, you don't like technology. <laughs> anyway, technology loves you. Because <laughs> whether you like it or not. <laughs> Some people have very sophisticated phones. All they do is text message and, and take pictures. Did that hurt? Now, now when, when, whenever a company is unveiling their brand, you want to pay attention to what they say the brand can do. You want to pay attention to what they are describing that the brand is able to do because that's what you're buying. That's what you're purchasing. So when scripture is describing the unveiling of Jesus, how many of you know Jesus is a brand? Let me see your hands up. Okay. The unveiling of Jesus, it says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Meaning, everywhere this brand shows up, it's meant to be good tidings of great joy. Next verse. For unto, somebody say unto me. Say it again, for unto me. You know it doesn't say for unto the world. It says for unto you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. I love it, I love it, I love it. What? A savior. Job description. Savior. Let me ask you. Savior only when you're right. Oh boy, 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 you people, you should answer me. Savior only when you're right. Oh, including when you're wrong. Job description, Savior. Listen, 
I always like to put no questions asked. You know what many people know? Condemner. In fact, many people know police. They hardly see Savior. But in the announcement of the, of the person, Jesus, he was announced as the one who would save you. So what was Jesus' vision then? To save you. Let me show you another scripture. Let's, wrap, let's back this up. Acts 10 and verse 38. Woo! Glory! Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing what? Good. And healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. Listen, let me tell you, what, what many people have not come to realize is that Jesus will never leave his job description. Okay, good time to leave job description. It's not when sheep has gone astray. Is that not good time to leave job description? So after all, what's there? Leave her, let her go. Is that not a good time to leave the job description? You know what he still did? He left in 1999 because he has to fulfill his job description. I'll tell you something. When, G- when Jesus was praying in the book of John 17, he said to the Father, Oh boy. He said, all that you gave to me, I have lost none. I have lost none. All. Let me ask you. Did the Father give you to Jesus, you? No, talk to me. You're not answering me. Did the Father give you to Jesus? Are you a gift to Jesus from the Father? How many of you have seen yourself like that? You say, I'm too small to be a gift to Jesus. God gifted you to Jesus. Say, keep her for me. And then Jesus' response, I am able to keep all that you have committed into my care. Till that day. You see, you see the idea that some of you have, when, when scripture says, God is not a man that you should lie, you think it's a joke. You see, because you've been living around men who lie. You know, so it's, it's hard for you to accept that God is not going to lie to you. Why? You've been living around people who lie. Isaiah, when he was speaking, he said, I, I live in the midst of people who are unclean. And even I, I'm a man of unclean lips. Why is your, your lips unclean? It's not because you're living around people who are unclean. God is not a man that you should lie. Can we say amen? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, and I, I need to run, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, this was Jesus' vision. Jesus had a vision to, to reach the unreached, to, to impact the lives of many with his unconditional love. To bring his unconditional love to the world. And in fact, one of the things I love about God's unconditional love is how personalized it is. Personalized. I've always said this, that if I was the only one on the face of the earth, Jesus would still have died. And guess what? When he was going to the cross, he was going to the cross with my name on his lips. Say, favor, 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 bosse, 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 Sarah, Sarah, Esther, 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 bimbo, 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 
Coladí, coladí, coladí. Xiu, 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 xiu. Xiu, 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 xiu. If only xiu can see. Calabahaya. If only xiu will find out that his name was on my lips as I was going to that cross. Lami, 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 lami. Lami, lami, lami. Bosse, 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 bosse. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You've got to live life as though God had your name on his lips. He had my name on Say that out loud. God has my name on his lips. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good? If Jesus went about doing good in Bible days, don't you understand that that's a template for the good he's going to be doing to you today? Templates. Look at me, church. There was nobody that Jesus met and said, you, is he only cancer that you have? Ah, you deserve more. <laughs> now, I'm going to add diabetes and kidney failure to it. Just take and go. Bye. In fact, in all of Jesus' healing ministry, he hid all. You know what that means? All. Common sense will tell you that not all were righteous. Mm-hmm. Common sense will tell you that in a gathering of even Jesus self, in his own apostles, there was a disciple, there was a Judas. So common sense will tell you, do you know that Judas was stealing? <laughs> Judas was popping Jesus' money. <laughs> Judas was stealing ministry money. The Bible says it, that he was always touching the pulse. He was stealing ministry money. And he was with Jesus. Casting out devils. So he tells you that if you have a congregation, and guess what? Scripture always says there were multitudes following him. Multitudes, no, multitudes. You can't start saying, okay, you go to this side. You go to this side. So he did good to all men. And then today, suddenly, you are the, you are the, you are the most, most anti-good. But now, just on your case. You know, there are some times that you have to talk to yourself like that. You lock yourself in the room. Say, I, know my, I, can't, I, I don't have five heads. And these five heads we're talking about, I don't have five bad heads. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, no, no, no. I can't be that bad. Jesus loves me. He loves me. He loves me. I'm not bad. Listen, I'm not bad not because I'm not bad. I'm not bad because he has certified me righteous. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. If you can just say that to yourself, Jesus loves me, you will dance it until depression fades away. You know, I was listening to Pastor Podio and he said, look, you see this generation that is so woke, woke. He said, when they, when, they, when they got born again, they couldn't say anything negative. He said, but this generation, say it how you feel it. Feel it how you say it. And that's how they're dying. Because scripture says, numbers, scripture says, what you say in my hearing, that's what I would do. The moment they announced fuel price, me, I just put my own status up. I say, I'm not part of it. No, don't worry. You'll get it when you grow up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The moment I announced it, I said, I don't put my own. I said, I still enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living and the favor of God. I just put my own. Because we must counter words. When Goliath spoke to David, he spoke to David. He said, I will take your neck off of your head and I will feed you to... David said, you? <laughs> David did not shut up and say, he understands what I will do. No. David said, you? Ah, 
You come to me with sword and with spears. But I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, that you have despised. This day, Kabayaya, this day, I will feed your, your carcasses to the beds of the air. McCankin says, never run to your giant with your mouth shut. Never run to your giant closing your mouth. If, if your bills are talking to you, talk back. You understand what I'm saying? If you're, see, I never you end any description of what you say on a note of defeat. Never. If you are describing, first of all, the words, the words that we were given were words that were given for communication. For creation, rather. Not just communication. So we were giving words to create as against just communication. Never allow the enemy to have the last say. Even if you describe some, ah, right now, I, I'm really low on cash, but there's a mighty supply. I, I, feel, I feel very weak in my body, but I'm the healed of the Lord. You see, let, let me tell you, you see that ending part? <laughs> it's very important. <laughs> it, it's a, see, it's a narrative changer. Jesus went about doing good. In every religion, write this down. In every other religion, you eventually get what you deserve. How many of you have heard of karma? In fact, let me tell you, if you're a believer, and then you say to somebody, karma will catch you. <laughs> you are, you are, you are, you are, <laughs> I don't have words. You're an Amadiyah worshiper. You're not a believer in it. In every other religion, you eventually get what you deserve. But under grace, you do not get what you deserve. Thank God. <laughs> Thanks to God, you get what Jesus deserves. Under grace, thanks to God, you get what Jesus deserves. So this brings us to the next aspect of our conversation. And that aspect is looking at the concept where Jesus was sent. Somebody say sent. Just as the Father sent me, Jesus was sent. And he has sent us also. Let's look at scripture. Let's look at scripture. Let's look at John twenty twenty one. Aha. Let's read together. I want to go. Mm-hmm. 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 You're not reading it out loud enough. I want to hear your voices. Amen. Want to go? Okay, stop. Please, one more time. For the last time. Read it again. Uh-huh. 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 Wow. Even so, send I you. Wow. Wait, let me ask you. Has this thing sunk in your head? You say we understand the following of Jesus from a reception perspective. 
But many of us need to start to understand the following of Jesus from a giving perspective. As the Father sent me, it's a thing of privilege and a thing of joy. As the Father sent me, so send are you. Meaning, everything that the Father gave me in terms of ability, in terms of potential, in terms of opportunity, so you have. As the Father sent me, so send are you. You're in business. As the Father sent me, so send are you. You're a corporate CEO. As the Father sent me, so send are you. Alright? You're in governance. As the Father sent me, so send are you. Now, we don't disagree that the Father sent Jesus. But the time when we begin to question is, has the Father sent, as Jesus sent me? Listen, everything that Jesus did in this world would have ended if not for this statement. Everything that Jesus did in this world would not have gotten to you sitting pretty in this church if not for that statement. Not only for that statement, but because the people that that statement was given to took it serious. They said, well, this must be something good. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. If we, miss the, if we, if we take the first part and we miss the second part, it, it, it's going to be useless. So right now, there are people that only you can reach. Look at me. There are people that only your type can touch. Until you get it. Stop priding yourself in the fact that God will raise stones. Stone was an alternative. He wanted to start with you. Is that if you are not available, then I will raise stones. Then somebody else said, why would stones cry out in my place? Never. So, we talk about how good what Jesus came to do is. We talk about how beautiful it is. For well, as the Father sent me, so sent I. Let me show you another scripture. Show you another scripture. John 3 and verse 17. Quickly. John three seventeen. Look at it. The, this idea of being sent. The Father sent me, so send I you. John three seventeen. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him should be saved. So send are you. For God did not send Modupe into the world to condemn the world. But for the world through Modupe to be saved. How about be healed? Every, every sickness Jesus healed, the believer can heal. Listen, let me say it again. Every miracle that Jesus produced, the believer can produce. Everything Jesus walked in, the believer can walk in. For God did not send his son into the world. So we are the conduit through which God is reaching this world with his unconditional love. I talked about the cross being a vehicle. And the question is, what if you are a vehicle? What if through you, the world is going to get to know about the unconditional love of God? Look at me, everybody, please. The truth is, many of us have gotten very busy 
with all of the things that we believe makes life beautiful. Job, business, career, hobby, all of that. That's good. But as you see, as we, as we close this, this, this conversation today, have you asked yourself, though, what, how many things, how many things will make it out of this world when our time is over? How many? How many? How many houses? How many cars? No, you, you can't talk. Pierre, you can't talk. How many? How many phones? iPhone X Max X box. None. You know the only thing that's going to make it out of... You see, many of you have heard me say this before. I'll say it again until it sticks. It's only the souls of men that will make it out of this world. Only. So what kind of people should we be? So just as the Father sent me, so send I you. I'm still on time. Thank God. So send I you. So Jesus was sent... And Jesus is sending us as well. I like that picture of a bullet. Do you understand? Because it's going right into that space to do good damage. In this case, to bring the gospel of the kingdom to the world where we live in. Can we say amen? Can you shout amen in this church? So it follows... That if the cross is a vehicle, then so is the church. If the cross is a vehicle, then so the church is a vehicle. As the Father sent me, so send I you. All that Jesus did, the church should do. Let's look at John 17 and verse 8. No, John 17, 18. Let's look at that very quickly. And then I'll just... As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. See these conversations. As God sent Jesus, so Jesus has sent us. Here's what I'm saying. We are the extension of the vision of the Father. We are the fulfillment of the vision of the Father. You and I are the fulfillment of the vision of the Father. Please take note of this. Jesus left his church behind to champion the cause of this gospel till the end of time. Jesus left his church behind to champion the cause of this gospel till the end of time. So for a few seconds, I'm going to talk about championing the cause of Christ just for a few seconds. And where the blueprint church comes in and why we have a vision like this. Everybody sitting here must pray to become passionate about what Jesus was passionate about. Especially if you believe that this thing includes you as a person. You as a person. So as a church, how many of you Okay, let me, let me ask a question, please. Can, can we all please look up? How many of you believe in the scripture that we just looked at, that the Father has sent you? Let me see your hands up. 
Does he say you have to be a pastor for the Father to send you? Does he say you have to be um, um, a prelate, a priest? <laughs> the Father says, are you, are you a follower? Let me ask you, are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Now, now the other question is this. If as the Father has sent you, you're not active in what he has sent you to be doing, that's where you're going to get all kinds of distractions. So here at the Blueprint Church, we believe that the Father has sent us. He has sent us. And he has given us a vision. We're here to see lives beautified through the constant unveiling of Jesus. Can you rejoice about that? We're here to see lives beautified through the constant unveiling of Jesus. We believe that Jesus has sent us. He has sent us. And here's our definition of a beautiful life. Just in case you're walking into service for the first time. Here's our definition of, of a beautiful life. Number one, grace. Number two, purpose. Number three, relevance. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 says this. It is in Christ, that's the grace of God, that we find out who we are and what we are living for purpose long before we first heard of christ and got our hopes up he had his eyes on us had designs on us for glorious living relevance part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and everyone i'm going to read that again it is in christ grace that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Purpose. We find out who we are and what we are living for in Christ. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us and he designed us for glorious living. Relevance. Part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything and in everyone. I wish I had time to look at, in Christ, the grace of God. And we've talked about that very briefly. How that God treats you like Jesus deserves. We find out who we are and what we are living for. Many people have not come to accept that you can find who you are and what you are living for in Christ. Doesn't have to be in politics. Doesn't have to be in Christ. And out of an overflow of Christ, you can move into politics, you can move into business. Can we say amen? amen? Now, is it important to find out what you are living for? The purpose for which you are living? Yes, it is important. But don't try to find it out elsewhere but in Christ. Don't, you know there are many people sitting here who have given themselves purpose. They've cooked up their own purpose. I've said it before. And maybe on one particular day this year we're going to do a series on purpose purpose is not hobby purpose is not talent 
that you can sing does not mean you have a purpose to be a singer. We find out who we are and what we are living for. Here's what I'm saying. If you understand the grace of God, you will keep coming to God instead of running away from Him. And whilst you come to Him every time, you will discover why He created you. And when you discover why He created you, you realize that He created you for glorious living. I like that scripture with the phone on it. I love it. Because it's a picture of how we ought to be relevant. So that I'm a believer, but I'm not lost. I can engage in other kinds of conversations, even though I'm a believer. Can we say amen, somebody? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, we become relevant in the city where we live. Now, this is our definition of the beautiful life. How do we define a life that is beautiful? Grace, somebody shout grace. Grace. Purpose. Purpose. Relevance. That you are relevant in the city where God has placed you. And that's the beautiful life. If this gospel is truly the hope of the world, then we should consider ourselves highly privileged to be in charge of something this powerful. Write this down, please. The size of the church in Bible days, the size of the church did not hinder the advancement of the vision. How many of you know that? You know that Jesus started with 12. How did the gospel get to you? you? Hey, church, have you, have you asked yourself that question? How did the gospel get to you? It was that the size did not matter. Can we say amen? amen? So here, I'm sharing with you what we believe our faith goals are for 2021. Number one, we're going to increase the amount of time we spend in prayer and in the word, both corporately and privately. Because we believe that God has sent us and we're going to grow in, in, in prayer and in the Word. Actually, we're a praying church in the name of Jesus. Say amen. amen. Yeah, we're a praying church. The Blueprint Church is a praying church. We're a praying church. We're a praying church. And we love the Word. Woo! I said we love the Word. We love the Word. In the name of Jesus, we are holding out only what God's Word says. Even in the face of opposition. Let me tell you, one of the things that, that Jesus said to Peter is, Peter, the enemy has sought to save you like wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you. That in the day of adversity, your faith will not fail. Jesus did not say, Peter, I have prayed for you that you will not fail. No. He says, I have prayed for you that even if you fail, your faith will not fail. You see, it is your faith not failing that makes you always come home. I'll give you an example. The prodigal son, his faith didn't fail in the character of his father. He said, I'm going home. You know what he said? He said, even servants in the house, they have more to eat. And I'm here feeding from, I'm struggling with swine's food. He said, I'm I'm going to go home. His faith didn't fail. And guess what? The father didn't fail. 
This faith that made this boy to begin to come back home was the same faith, even much more, that the father had in the son. Whilst the boy was walking, the father was running. The boy was walking home, but the father was running towards his son. Because my God's faith in you is even greater than your faith in him. What God believes about you is stronger than what you believe about him. So in the name of Jesus, in 2021, we will grow in time of prayer. And we will grow in the word. Can we say amen? Nothing is going to stop us from praying. And nothing is going to stop us from studying God's word. We're going to look at it. We're going to have value for the word of God. We're going to cherish the word of God in 2021 in the name of Jesus. Number two. We're going to better our music experience. Faith goal for 2021. We're going to make our music bigger and better. Now let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Here at the Blueprint Church, we sing Christ-centered songs. Jesus being the focus. I don't have anything against... I don't have anything against it. I don't have, it. I don't have anything against it. But a lot of those songs, they are not Christ-exalting. They don't make any sense. Are you hear what I'm saying? Okay. Um, which one? Let me remember one. Rabba is even good because he's saying, let's praise the Lord a bit. Hey, God bless you. This guy is just teachers. He say, carry me, they go. Do you over carry me, they go. They do where? Now, 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 you know, all of you know that, no, we don't do that here to castigate or cast down what other, I, I, I don't talk about any church here except good. Truth, I'm telling you. I don't, I don't, I don't discuss, I don't have the time. I don't discuss pastors. I don't talk about churches. If I'm referencing a church, it's for good. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But what we're talking about is that our songs must be Christ-centered songs that reveals Jesus. And we've written quite, how many songs have we written now? Almost seven or eight. This changes everything. It's out there. It's everywhere. And we'll write more. Say amen. I said we will write more. Let me tell you something, okay? If a church is going to be relevant, there are a few ways that the church has to play. Number one, the church has to be releasing the sound. Into the airwaves. We can't leave the sound for Davido and, and, and Whiskey. You're not? Okay. Maybe I'm stepping on the toes of the party goers. Let me come this way. We can't leave the sound for Davido and Whiskey. You understand? We have to project our own sound. Because there's a way, listen, if you're going to take over the territory, you would have to engage the people's ears and eyes. And what they hear is very important. You say, we're going to take over the world, we're going to take over the world, and then you leave the space where you're supposed to be playing. Let me tell you, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the Blueprint Church is going to release sound. We're going to do movies. You understand what I'm saying? We're going to release content that is culture-shaping and culture-transforming. In the name of Jesus, we're going to engage culture and we're going to shape culture and tell people how to think. 
Let me tell you, from the spiritual things to the normal things, including stop for Christ's sake. You understand? Somebody wants to cross the road. How many of you have noticed it? I drive in Lagos. Um, um, zebra crossings are not zebra crossings. In fact, one day I was standing at a zebra crossing trying to drive, trying to cross. All right? And as I was trying to cross and I was telling the guy who was coming with me, that, come on, zebra crossing. So he slowed down and when I crossed, he turned to me and said, you be zebra. <laughs> you see, they, they don't, they don't, there's no sense. So, a couple of years ago, five of, or six or seven years ago before church started, one of the things that God put in my heart, from the, from the big stuff to the small stuff, including partnering with FRSC to make sure that people understand what it means to stop at zebra crossings. Do you understand? A lot of people who, let me, do you know another thing that came to my mind? Every time I drive, every time I drive, one of these, God bears me witness. One of the things I'm thinking is, you know, this, this lady that is trying to cross this road is really having a bad day. Let me just help ease the day a little. I say, Mama, cross, cross. Anybody who has ever driven with me in the car knows that I do it steadily. You will never catch me beat a zebra crossing. Because whilst you're rushing to that place, you're rushing to. Somebody's having a terrible day and all they want to do is cross the road. Stop, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so this is how we want, to be, we want to be influential in the culture. And let me tell you, let me tell you, listen to me, listen to me. Father, we know that the Blueprint Church has come to stay. But let me tell you, yeah, yeah. But I, I just want to say this. With or without the blueprint church, this is the kind of person I will be. In the name of Jesus. Stop for Christ's sake. So we want to engage the culture. Take the people's ears. Give it back to God. Amen. If you check our YouTube page, you see what we're trying to do. You see what we're trying to do. We've not, we've not gotten it yet, but you see what we're trying to do. Engage that culture. How many of you have seen this movie? I can't remember the name now, but it's on social media. It's about social media. Um, I can't remember the name. I have that movie on my laptop. It's on social media. It's basically the, the technology that produced the entire social media that you see and how algorithms actually rules your mind. It's like somebody is really like, like chess, de- determining your mood. We will play in those spaces. We'll get on radio. Oh, you're not saying amen. We'll get on radio. We'll we'll influence the system. And I know that some of you are planning to travel out. That's good. But let me tell you, when you get out there, make up your mind that you're not going to eat from the system. You're also going to give to the system. Because some people are going into the system just to consume. You understand? Just to eat what other people have developed. No. When you get into that system, you will also give to that system. So this conversation is for you anyway. You go to Canada. I'm, I'm checking out. I'm checking out. Buy tickets. And you're going to Canada only to just be a bigger Agama lizard. <laughs> no, you, you give to the system as well. You contribute to the system. That's why it's important. I'm not just going to go somewhere and just sit down and then, you know, and just say, well, let's enjoy. Say Amen.
Number three, we're going to better care for one another. We're going to better care for one another. We've, we've opened what we call the care directorate. And we want to use that, you know, to care for ourselves. If you're on the workforce, if you're a member of church, we want to care for you. All right? So, we're going to care for ourselves. And God is going to help us. Now, let me, let me say this in this part. If you're a part of a church, please understand that the church is made up of imperfect people. So stop saying what the church should have done for me. Because the church is not perfect. And even if the church was perfect, the day you showed up, we became imperfect. The church is not perfect. Everybody that is trying to reach you also have need to be reached. This church, this church. I am the church. Say amen. I just imagined if, look at me everyone please. I just imagined if Jesus' disciples say we're not going until Jesus calls us weekly. Hey, Jesus, you didn't come in this week. No Bible study. <laughs> you know, TDJX put out a video of a guy he sent into Texas to go and start a work. The potter's house that you know today was started by one man. And he said while he was in, in Texas for six weeks, three jigs in calling. He sent him for West Virginia. said, go into Texas, get the work done. He said six weeks, he didn't hear from three jigs. He's going to be with the Lord now just a few weeks ago. In the, in the time that he was serving in that church, he beat pneumonia, beat heart attack, beat cancer, beat kidney failure, beat, beat, and beat, and beat. Only this year, somebody who could have died many years ago, only this year did he go to be with the Lord peacefully. But guess what? The conversation is about what reward this man is going to receive when he gets to heaven. For being the foot soldier. TJ said, you know what, go into that city and get the job done. Just being the foot soldier. And Lord, we thank you because they are foot soldiers in the Blueprint Church who care for one another in the name of Jesus. It is our vision to grow this year to 500 members. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't say anything. And as, and as a prophet, I'm going to stop there until you shout on that. You know why that is important? Do you know why that is important? The wall of Jericho was high and mighty. Sorry, I won't beat you much. The wall of Jericho was high and mighty when the children of Israel started to shout. But the wall came down. I want to say that again. The wall of Jericho was high and towered high. You know how big the wall was? It was so big that the Bible says um, two, four, sorry, four chariots could run on the wall at the same time. Four. And when they began to shout, the wall was still up. But they shouted anyway. In the name of Jesus, we're growing to 500 in our membership this year. 500 members. Between now and December, God is taking us to 500 members. Let me tell you, faith is not faith until you begin to announce it publicly. I am announcing to you, in the name of Jesus, that between now and December, God is growing our church and giving us 500 people. 
in the name of Jesus. Our goal is to achieve at least 200 people on the workforce. A minimum of 200 people on the workforce. This year, we're going to give away a thousand free cups of beverages in our cities. At least a thousand. We're starting very soon. We're in touch with Cadbury. We want to give out at least 200 in the coming weeks, just in the city. Let me tell you, just backstory. The first year of our presence here, we fed, how many, of you, how many of you were here at that time? Who was part of the feeding program we did? Wangi, were you there? Awesome. Were you there? We fed over 250 kids under the community bridge here. This link bridge. Over 200. In fact, when I went there, I didn't know that people lived in this kind of place. Just close to the canal. If you get on Facebook, you see it. There are pictures. Over 250 kids. And I'm telling you, that's just the beginning. Amen. We'll do more in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to give away a thousand free cups of, of, of beverages, coffee or whatever. And whilst we're doing that, we're sharing the love of Jesus with them. Hallelujah. We're going to, oh God, give the Lord a shout. We're going to host themed services. We're going to host themed outreach services, themed outreach driven services. And the first of its kind for this year is I Am King. And it's coming, I Am King is coming up on the 28th of March. We'll get there. All right, we're going to initiate conversations towards building a tech hub in our community. Let me tell you what that is. We'll put a place in this community with free internet. Now the idea, listen, say amen. amen. The idea is that people will go there to do research, to do developmental work. How many of you have tried to do research and couldn't do research because... Now listen, I'm not saying this thing to impress you. What I'm saying is what you will check that we will do. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are going... We cannot live ordinary. Yes, sir. We can't. So it came to my spirit a couple of weeks ago and I began to just brood over it. We will reach out to Google. We will reach out to Microsoft. We will we'll ask them how possible it is for them to partner with us to build at least the first tech hub in Festac, in Amuo. The idea is that young people around this area can walk in and do internet work. And now we know that people are going to abuse it, but we'll, God will give us wisdom on how to make sure they don't abuse it. All right? But the idea is that people will walk in, do their research, and we want to see productivity amongst our young people. Can we say Amen. I hear what I'm saying. And in, in the coming days, we're going to reach out. We'll reach out to Google. We'll reach out to Microsoft. And we'll talk to them about this vision. And God is going to give us favor. Amen. And those of you who are in business, only last week I, I initiated a conversation with Dr. Obi Ezekwesili. How many of you know her? How many of you know her? We're reaching out to her to come and help have conversations with us about leadership development and business and those of you who want to invest in Nigeria, you know, and those of you who want to do business in this country, it would certainly not be on a Sunday morning. I don't give Sunday morning to business. Sunday morning is for the word. Amen. But we'll find a, a time in the week when we will put that and Dr. Obi is going to come 
and people like her will come and we will reach the nations with the gospel in the name of Jesus. We have done I Love My City in the past, but we'll do it again. Um, We're going to initiate the I Love My City campaign. I Love My City is basically how we are relevant in the community where we live. We're going to do feeding programs. We're going to give scholarships. In that community alone, I was already talking to some parents about their children on that day and how we can send some of them to school. And we will send kids to school and serve free meals in the name of Jesus. Stop thinking of yourself as small. We're big in the name of Jesus. We will do these feeding programs. We will do scholarship programs. Um, and we will, we will do all of these things in Jesus' name. Part of the outreach that we're going to do for this year is that we're going, we're going to have a free car wash for 100 cars one of the Saturdays in June somewhere in the estate, somewhere here. The idea is that people will come in with their cars and we would have already hired people to wash the car for them. So those of you who would like to just play a little can just play. But there will be two people who would wash those cars that we will pay money, all right, you know, to wash the cars. And whilst we are doing that, we are sharing the gospel with them, inviting them to church, telling them about the love of Jesus. It's going to be fun. There will be music. There will be all of that. This is a church that you want to be part of in the name of Jesus. All right. We are going to value people enough to better our guest reception experience. See all those precious people who receive you when you come to church? That experience is going to be fine dining, world class, A-list, by the power of God's Spirit, in the name of Jesus. Alright, we're going to engage culture as we're launching our clothing brand this two Saturdays with the I Am King themed event. And, and, and this, this is actually what the shirts look like. You're going to wear, when, when God was giving me the idea for this, it, it, it's actually wear what you believe. Alright, so if you believe it, then wear it, okay? So, King in Consciousness, this is actually my own design, amen? So, you're going you're gonna to get yours. You're going to get yours. We're going to engage culture. We're going to produce our own sound, the Blueprint Radio. We're already doing something with that on Mixelar and our online TV. Can we shout and say Amen. amen. Because at the end of the day, only the souls of men will make it out of this world. That's why we want to do what we're doing. And that's why we invite you to join us in achieving this vision. We believe God has sent us. As the Father sent Jesus, so send are you. Is it going to be easy along the way? God has given us ease. Is it going to be restful along the way? God has given us rest. Is it going to be big along the way? Yes, God has given us heights in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 So, I'm inviting you to join us in making this vision happen. Let's make it happen. We'll start from one. You see, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to give out those 200 free cups of beverages to our society. 
And whilst we do that, we're sharing the love of God with them. Now, I'm not going to ask you how many of you want to be part of it. How many of you think this is worth it? How many of you think this is something worth doing? Jesus has sent us. Now we're going to make it happen. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellowatblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.